says in one translation that it says it like this, all that the Father is giving me, I shall in no wise cast them out that come to me, right? And so that's a foundational of what you're going to put in the kids, right? Whosoever comes to me and I will no wise cast them out. That is an absolute of God. They, they need to know that. I, I grew and with no religious background, I needed to know that. Whosoever comes to him, he'll in no wise cast out. This is their... This is their uh, beginnings with God. That's right? what verse again? It's uh, John 6, 37. It's, uh, whosoever comes, I will no wise cast out. It reads like this, uh, 37, all that the Father has given me shall come to me, and in him that comes to me, I will no wise cast out. And you got, I want you to put that down as an absolute when you pray over them to that. Because it's going to come a day, I mean, they, they, they might have accepted Jesus in a certain fashion and form. When they get older, and like all of us do, you got to go through that thing, and you go, hey man, whosoever comes in, he'll no wise cast me out. And I remember that's a foundational one that they're going to have to know. You come to him, he accepts you immediately. I remember when I was coming to God, and I thought, man, I just want to feel that acceptance from God. And I didn't understand this reality that whoever comes on the wise cast out. They don't have to go through the mental gymnastics from religion. Well, you weren't predestined. You weren't this. You weren't that. All that's nonsense. Whosoever comes, I will no wise cast out. And that goes from the beginning of their new birth all the way into the rest of their life and our lives. Whenever you come, there's no way you're cast out of anything, right? And that's just the elementary principles of God that Hebrews talks about. So, so that's I want you to put that down for the kids. I want you to put down Ephesians chapter two for the kids. Yeah, all truth parallel. It's not just for the kids; it's for for your mindset as well. Even though you've accepted the Lord, you know the Lord. It continues to be that way from the beginning till the end. Ephesians chapter two. And it reads, I think I'm going to go into 10. I'm pretty sure it's 10. Let's see. No, let's see. 2, 2, 2. And actually, you can even work with it for them to memorize it, right? Memorization doesn't hurt. 2, 10. Let's see. Yeah, my thing's so marked up. No, it's not 10. All right. It's in verse 8. For, for by grace... Are you saved, made right with God, through faith? So it's by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. And all three of those, they need to know, just like we need to continue to know, the grace is the gift, the faith is the gift, the redemption is a gift. It's all from Him, and He's doing it in us, right? So when they come, they say, well, I, don't, I didn't do this enough, or, or if you go through that, I didn't do that enough, I didn't do this enough, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't even uh, do this, I knew the water baptism thing, I didn't do this. By grace are you saved through faith, it is the gift of God. So you got two full powers working for their mindsets. Whoever comes to him, he'll know why he's cast out. Well, I'm not sure. I, I feel like this. And I've dealt with adults like that. I'm not sure. I felt like this. I did this. I did that. Whosoever. Whosoever means whosoever. Whoever comes, he'll know why he's cast out. He draw, he's, you're drawn. You come in. By grace are you saved, right? So if you're saved by grace, you continue in grace. We all need to do that. It's simplicity. I'm talking to them. But it's for us as well. By grace you say through faith, it's the gift of God. What's the gift? The grace, the enabling. What's the gift? The ability to really believe something. That's from Him. Right? It's the gift of God. Now go to Romans 10. And I want you guys to go there. I'm just, I'm just basically giving you ways to give people at altar calls. You know what I mean? At the end of the story, every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, if you don't know Him, you know, whoever comes will not be cast out. If you don't know Him, by grace you say through faith, it's the gift of God. If you don't know Him, if you believe in your heart, as you raise from the dead, confess in your mouth, whosoever calls, not be ashamed. All that's just foundational. And we start that way. But I want the kids to get that. Because I don't you want your kids born in Zion, not born in Babylon. Born in Babylon is confusion, it's religion, you know, and it doesn't get out of people easy. And I, I ran with the different guys that were so-called leaders and their kids, they didn't change any of their theology or doctrines. They thought, man, you got you can't be saved. They would tell people after I'm instructing them that the kid had to be saved by getting water baptized. It's retarded. It's like that's not necessary for this generation. You know, religion is, is it's sad, you know, but there's still a real Jesus. There's still a reality right. of what he does. And they need to know that. Right. And be able to get that other stuff off, like water off a duck's back, right? right. So Romans chapter 10 says it like this. Let's look in 6. I think it's Romans 10, 6. And so just work with them. And, and it's going to help you too, man. Because you're going to deal with a lot of people. And, they, and you'd be surprised. Elementary stuff, they just don't got they have a lot of other nonsense that puts bondage on people, uh, religious superstitions, fear, 
Let me start at Romans 10. Okay, let's go, let's see. Verse, let's go with verse 4, right? It says, For Christ is the end of the law, right? And I want you to do it for adults and for your kids. For Christ is the end of the law. And that means any law, right? Religious law, self imposed laws, ideas that we make laws, superstitious laws. I mean, like I told you before, and this is for the kids. I'm going to shift gears for us adults in a minute. But the kids, uh, you know, self imposed law. I had guys that tell me, Craig, man, I'm a roommate. Uh, I want you to take this Bible study. I'm going to go out of town. I can't leave my house unless I confess Psalm 91. See, that's a self-imposed law. Nobody, God didn't tell them that. That that Psalm 91 is to be a liberation for their lives, not like a constipation for their mind. He said, "Like I wouldn't leave." I told him, "Take that you want to get used. Do this. Use. I can't. Why? I haven't done my Psalm 91 confession. And that's real. I'm just telling you real life. I I hid a lot of that stuff because it was so asinine and stupid, but. That was in a mindset of a 48-year-old man. That's sad, right? It's self-imposed. They made that up. God didn't require right. that. He wasn't going to get hit by a truck because he didn't confess Psalm 91. Right. That's the foolishness of what he says, oh, foolish Galatians, who's confused you, bewitched you. We don't need that. The kids need born in Zion, a pure word of God that will liberate and get them an experience with God, right? So it says like this. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believes, say righteousness. Righteousness. Right. Righteousness is a gift of God, right? You can't earn it. The day you accept Jesus, he who knew no sin was made sin that you might be made, uh, made the righteousness of God. Right. Not a work, an acceptance, not a work, a receiving, not a work, a believing, right? Yeah. All that other stuff is extra nonsense, and it puts yokes on kids and people, and it makes them twice dead. So he says like this. Uh, have not submitted himself to what's, uh, what's going forth. For Christ is in the law, for the righteous to everyone that believes. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does all the things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is by the faith speaks on this wise. Say not. So this is instructional. Say, say I want you to write in your notes. It's an instructional word. It's how to experience God. I mean, there's tons of guys today and every Sunday, and I've seen this, I've been in this almost 40 years, I think I have. And, and every Sunday there's going to be somebody pretending, bloviating, uh, uh, sermonizing, but they're not going to be equipping. They're not going to give people wisdom and how to apply it to their lives and walk in life with God in a real way. And we don't want all that. That goes on all the time. It's just they chase their tails, right? So what you want is this is an instructional word that Paul has given us. It's instructional, not just not sermonizing. Hey, this is a great sermon. No, no, no. This is instructional so we can experience something. He says, but... The righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not, or don't say in your heart, who will come down from heaven, right? Don't say come down from heaven. He instructs us. Don't say, hey, come down from heaven. Come down from heaven. That's, he says, don't do that. He says, that's to bring Christ down from above. Who, or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ from the dead. But what does it say? I want you to circle that. What does it say? What does the righteousness the way that God does righteousness say? What is the righteousness of faith to us, our kids, to the next generation? What does it say, right? And somebody read that, what does it say, right? The word God's message in Christ is near you on your lips and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis, and object of faith which we preach. Right. So the word, what does he say? Say that, don't say come down, don't say this. Say the word, right? Just say in the word, Jesus can use that term. And he says, where is the word? It's near you. Where is it? As close as your mouth and close as your heart. You know, even when we're just singing, we're just beginning to sing until we go into a worship. Just you got, you're saying the name of Jesus. You keep saying that name from your, it, it starts to manifest a presence, right? And that's the concept that how we live our lives. So if they're wanting to encounter their beginning and we want to encounter our continuing, what do we say? We don't say, oh God, please come down. Oh God. Please do this. Oh, God, please send this. I don't know. He just says the word's near you. What's the word that you need? It's near you as close as your breath and your heart. And if you'll say it and believe it, what will happen? Huh? It goes on. He goes, but what it says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. Is it far away? No, no it's right in your mouth. And I would tell you by experience, that word's already in your heart. There's, whatever you're facing and you're going through, there's going to be a word of God in you. And I want you to write it down. Whatever you're facing, what you're going through, there's going to be a word of God in you to say. 
There's going to be a word of God, not a scripture, a word of God to say. A word of God to say, don't come down, don't do this. I'm going to say this, right? Mm -hmm. To say in a word. So whatever that is, even if, as adults, if I, as I'm talking, if you know that God can work a word in you, I don't care what it is. It'll, it'll come out in scripture. Right. But whatever that word is, go. Go forward. Don't go around. I, that's still a word of God. Yeah. Right? It's because it's God in you. Whatever that word is. Man, I'm feeling ailed and this and that. You're going to be well. I'm saying I'm well, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to manifest that by believing and saying that, right? So he says, so what says it? The words near you as close as your mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith. Say word of faith, right? And then he goes on nine. This is for the kids. This is for the rest of your life. All parallel truth. If you will confess, say confess. What is confess? It means to say the same thing that God has already said. It's no harder than that. It's just to say what he said. He, if he says to you that, you that you accepted him and you're righteous, even though you don't feel like it, you say, I'm righteous. If, you say, if he says you're strong and you feel weak, it says, let the weak say they're strong. If, whatever it is, if he says that I feel horrible, he says you're healed, you just say the same thing. Confession, according to the Hebrews in the Bible, is to say the same thing that God has already said. So all I'm doing, how do we agree? Well, let's come and agree. I have guys hold my hands so they're sweating. I have people rub my head. Trying to get me to receive something back when I first received right. the Lord. Like, get off me, man. This is not how it works. Right? It's not how it works. They rub your heads, it comes, you know, I'm like, stop it, man. I want I just wanted to agree in prayer. I didn't want all this spit and all that, right? So it made it simple in God. So so with the mouth, and it goes on the next verse, right? It says, if you will confess, it and circle that. If you will confess, Romans 10, 9. With your mouth, say with your mouth. The Lord Jesus. You'll be saved, set in right standing with God. For with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him shall not ever be put to shame. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Right? And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved is not just. You know, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. It means sozo. It means saved, delivered, free, and liberated. That's what it means. So we, we continue to use this principle, even though I'm talking to the little ones. Because when you get them in bed, you tell them, whoever comes in won't be cast out. By grace, you save through faith. If you call, he's always going to answer. You're going to have something out. If you declare it, you're going to experience it. And that's the simplicity of that. So I wanted that to work with them. Because I thought about it when I came. I was like, you know, I always give kids and people in the local churches at altar uh, time they can pray. Well, just equip them with this. Because the Spirit of God will work that in them. And they won't buy into all that nonsense, right? And I want you to give you one more for that. One more scripture. Second Corinthians. And I'm talking, I'm going to change for, for the adults. But this, this still works. All this stuff that I just said to the kids, it works for the adults. It's just a principle. Like, right. I, I just, yeah, I'm believing and confessing. It's the simplicity of the elementary uh, uh, faith toward God. That's all it is. It's simplicity. You know, if, you, if you're like you prayed today, uh, meet our needs in, in 2021, you know, uh, all that stuff. My God meets all my needs according to the riches of his glory. I'm just saying the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not allowing the other thing. You know, I start, and that's like principle faith. And then you grow, you grow in your faith and you learn that. And I don't have to always pray the certain way. I know I'm in the next season of life that he's going to provide that way. That'll come in time. But we got to get, like, like, kids want bites. you got to have training wheels first. So these are training wheels to the little people, right? Say, God loves the little people. All the little people of the world. That's one, right? That's my soul. That's it. What are you doing? All right. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And I want you to give them this. And as you're teaching them, it says train up a child in their individual get, uh, gift and bending, the way each one's bent. It says train them up, build them up, right? You can correct them, but you don't down them. You build them up in the way they're supposed to go, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're teaching them, you're going to build them up in these type of things. And so it goes 2 Corinthians 5. Let's see. Let me try to get the amplifier and kind of find all this stuff. Okay, it's in verse, we'll start in verse 17. 
And this is after you. If they if they ask you and stuff and say, hey, I want to uh, accept Jesus this way, once you just lead them through it, then reassure them that they have it, right? Because God's not going to lie on that. Then they're going to grow on that, right? And then this is where you're going to build in them all their life and your own life. Therefore, in, it's a, I'm going to go to 17. There, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. In the Bible, in the Greek, it says a new species of being that never existed before. Anyone being Christ or a new creation, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, who has given and, and reconciled us by Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So circle that as you're for adults, not just kids. What is the ministry of reconciliation? I can't even talk right here. What is that ministry? And he, he explains it for us. It'll interpret for us, right? This is the ministry of reconciliation. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling, restoring the world to favor with himself. Not counting up, not holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them out and committing them to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor, so that we are Christ's ambassadors. God makes this appeal as through us, as Christ's personal representatives, we beg you for, for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled. For our sakes, he made Christ virtually to become a sin, become sin for us who knew no sin, that in that and through him we might become endued with the view and viewed as being an example of his righteousness and right relationship with God, right? So the ministry of reconciliation is God's not holding anything against you, whether you did it right or wrong or indifferent. He's not counting up your trespasses, right? That's the message of reconciliation. That's the message to their beginnings. That's the message to the whole world. There's not one scripture that tells a guy to count his sins and to come to God. Not one of them tells you that. Not right. one. It's already said that you're forgiven. God's not hostile towards you. He did it all in Jesus. I beg you, accept this free gift. It's not one time are they standing on a street corner telling people you're sin, you're full of sin, you're that. There's not one time in the Bible that it's that way. Never. So what you have a ministry of reconciliation, in God's heart is all people be reconciled. First our kids, then people that we talk to, and us. That we believe in ministry of reconciliation. God's not mad at me. Yes, he'd correct me, but he's not mad at me. Yeah, and even David wrote it in Psalms 103, and that, but I don't want to keep going on it. But that's for the kids. I thought about that this morning, and, you know, the, all the altar calls I would do and things like that. Well, these are the scriptures that are anchors for them, and they don't have to go through all the nonsense that I went through. Yeah, I had guys literally tell me to write down all my sins. Write down all my sins on a piece of paper. This morning? No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, where would you no, start? No, no, I mean, before I, before I came, I said, you, you know, write down all your sins. And, uh, you know, and then I, I go, this is, I brand it wrong. Maybe it's true because I'm brand new. Maybe I should. I try to write it wrong. And then I, I write someone and I go, I don't even feel bad about that. I wrote it and I go, I don't feel bad about that. I don't can't do that. I don't even think that was a, I don't know. I can't do it. But I did all that. I, I went through that, you know, because it would be, you know, you give your heart to God, but then you get, you, instead of getting God men, sometimes you get religious men. And you don't want that. And it harms people and it harms your faith. And I'm so I'm so against it, Adam, and I hate it. That's what I'm saying. Like even right now, you go around million places, you probably find maybe one, two places that people are going to do it right and do it with life and do it where they liberate and help and build and equip. The rest, they're globiators. You look it up. I already told you. Look up globiators. You use that whenever you tell. You go into a dead church. The guys talking. Ah, oh, he told me about this. A globiator. Yeah, tell him he's globiating, sermonizing, pretending. You know what I mean? It's not God's reality. And he gets a bad rap for it. People are turned off from it. And I'm not about that. There's a reality of God. There's real faith, real Jesus, real kingdom. And uh, people need to house that and live that and experience that. And it's much, it's, you know, it's not a turn off. It's a turn on. It's about God and purpose. So anyway, that's for the kiddos. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Does it make uh, faith to you? Yeah? You get your little Bible with your mom. You highlight it, right? And you go over them, man. You go over them, especially that ministry of reconciliation. And it goes on. That ministry is for us. It continues with us. It's not just people that are lost. It continues to be reconciled. We can, when he writes it, it's a continuation of reconciliation. And our whole lives is going to be like that. We're going to be reconciled to something more of God than when we first started. 
When we first started believing in God, and I, I don't even want to do with the kids. They want to stay, they can stay. Um, if they want to go, they can go. If you, if, oh, you want to stay? Man, I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay. No, they're all fresh. You want to stay? You have to stay. If you guys want to go, you can go. Yeah. Okay. But there's going to be a, um, you're going to be sorry. You don't even think about that. You're free. I'm just kidding you. See, that's the, that's the self-imposed, the guilt. I'm sorry. She don't guilt me about me, right? You're free, right? But your conscience, maybe. Your conscience, your conscience talk. So it becomes a self-imposed. Now you're in, you're in the room wanting to quit. Right. But you feel guilty, and it, and it was totally, you can go do what you want. Right? But if you want to stay, man, you stay. Right? So anyway, the Ministry of Reconciliation. And we're always going to be reconciled to something in our lives with God because it's a growth process. There is no stagnancy in God. There is no standstill in God. There, there's no frozen time. There's people in God. You're not impotent. You're not frozen. It's, you're always going to move on. And, and anything you experience in life, you're going to find a part of Him in that life. I don't care if you uh, screwed everything up in your life. You'll find Him reveal Himself as something in that screw up. You're going to know him in that way. It, it continues. He keeps moving, right? So there's always going to be a reconciliation to us of God in some fashion or form. Um, when you start out with God, it's probably 101 of our, our, our growth is we heard about the number one incarnation, right? We were reconciled to the incarnation that it was, hey, Jesus is God in the flesh, and if I accept him as a gift, it's the beginning, incarnation. We know him as the incarnate Christ. And then we still, we're reconciled to that. So we experience that. We're reconciled to, what's incarnation? Oh, he's Emmanuel. We sing it during the holidays. Emmanuel, that means God with us, never leaving us. That's, that's 101. So you're reconciled to uh, reconciliation of uh, uh, incarnation. You can write it down. I didn't have this plan, but it's coming. It will come out there. We all work with it. Incarnations, that, that's part. Maybe you're being reconciled into that. Hey, Jesus was what? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, I don't have to read all of Leviticus about uh, different cuts and all that. Hmm. Like, um, I got it. <laughs> play. Y'all can play, but be quiet. reconciliation to the incarnation which would be the and you're going to go through it in phases so what am i being reconciled to in my experience and ask yourself that in my experience am i being reconciled to more of his incarnation even to the phase of matthew 28 lo i'm with you always i never leave you i'm with you even to the end of the age i'm your emmanuel that connects with incarnation you know uh, if i don't understand god's mindset and i hear religion say leviticus says you can't have a tattoo or all that, that's nonsense, right? That's a letter of law, that's not reality. I'm being reconciled to the truth of incarnation, right? It's the gift of God. What, write down incarnation, um, resurrection. Are you being reconciled to resurrection in your mindset? Is it more of an Easter story and you know, he's risen, he can't, he's, it's resurrection. Okay, but in my life, are there ever experiences in my life that something died in my life? Uh, and, and whether it's a natural, uh, whether it's spiritual, whether it's soulical, is there something that died in my life that I thought was gone in my life, that I'd never see in my life again, that I let go of my life? Do I know it as a resurrection? Did it come back around in my life, right? So that is a reconciliation in your experience, in my experience, as a resurrection. No, I know he raised it up. Well, you know, a lot of guys that I counsel, I feel flat. I, I think I, I left God, he left me. I, I, all the silliness that they'll tell me. But I, you know, I bear with it because I went through all the silliness too. So you go, no, no, it's, it's not true. That's a lie to you. There's, it'll be resurrected. It's a time of death, burial, it'll be resurrected. Once they experience it, then they never doubt it. Or not much. Or the third thing, are you being reconciled to the ascension? So you got incarnation, you got resurrection, and you have ascension. Paul's writings, almost the larger portion in the book of Ephesians, are about the ascension of Jesus. It's about what he looks like now, right? It's the ascended Christ. Paul's revelations, and that's what we need to continue with. Well, the rest of his revelations were about the ascended. He never met Jesus in the flesh. I think he may have uh, seen some of like Stephen and his followers, but he never met him. And so he said, don't know it. Don't let any man tell you just about him after the flesh. Because I know him more than about the flesh. I know him through ascension. I don't even just know him by resurrection. 
I know him by ascension. And I have revelation of Jesus for 14 years in the wilderness. And nobody taught me this stuff. And this revelation is real, right? And so I want you to connect to one of those three and see where you're at. Am I dealing with the incarnation? Is, is, is he reality in this to me or not? Uh, am I dealing with resurrection? Dead things are coming back in my life. And I know this is real in that part. Not just an Easter story. Or is it the ascension? Man. What does he look like now? He's not in the flesh. You know, Paul, even the book of Revelations, it's all about the ascended Jesus. You know, the book of Revelations is written. It's not about, uh, what do you saw, conspiracies. It's not about trying to tell the future. It's not about curiosity. It's a book of prophecy. Revelations, it starts out, and I remember I'd, I'd weigh into it, then I'd weigh out of it, and I'd lean into it and lean out of it. But when I was growing up, the book of Revelations was all about predictions. Right. People were saying, you know, he's come when I first gave my heart to God, he's coming back in this year. And I'm like, he is? You know, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready. You know, it's like, no, I'm, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. I can't be any more righteousness. You know, you talk yourself down out of their, their weirdness, right? And then I realized when I looked at Revelation, it says, and blessed are those who read the writings in this book. And it never was meant to be a book of curiosity. It was meant to be a book of prophecy. And it wasn't even just a prediction. Most of what has already happened in there. There's a few predictions. But revelation, it was a revelation of Jesus. He said, you know, I saw, I heard a voice, and I saw one whose eyes are like a flame of fire. And, you know, and here, here you go with religion. A flame of fire. That's right, man, because he wants to burn everybody up. <laughs> no, it's a passion. It's, it, he writes, he has fire in his eyes and a passion for his people and for the churches of, uh, what is it, uh, Ephesus and all that. It's a difference. So you're seeing him in ascension, not maybe in the Gospels of walking by Galilee. So you go, oh, this is how he is. And I was talking to Sarah, and there's some uh, people, and, and they'll tell you, you know, like, well, you know, hey, when I go to heaven, you know, I'm going to have a cabin, and I'm going to walk on gold streets, and I'm going to do I'm like, yeah, you, no, you're not. <laughs> you're seriously not. If you, if you just read the book, as it's revealed, you know, he, when I, I read it for the first time, and I, I actually expressed it in a local church. They, they were like, wow, but I can't bear this. You know, I have to have my mindset. You know, he said, I'll build you, a, I'm going to make you a, 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 a tabernacle in glory. Well, I just want the corner lot. They want to live in a fantasy, right? It's not God's reality. He says this in Revelation. There's people at the altar in, in this place in Revelation crying out, saying, God, how long until you, you do this right here? How long? They're praying. In, in that element in that element of heaven. They're not floating with angel wings. That's reality. So when people ask you about in the revelation, what's what's going on in heaven? A lot of stuff. Like they're praying. You know, how long will this go on? When will Babylon completely fall? They're, that's what they're doing. It's not like no different on earth as it is in heaven. So anyway, I know I'm getting into it another time. But that's part of the ascension. And Paul spoke his revelation from the ascension. I got knocked off a donkey. I knew religion. I was. I had a great college education. I was a good sermonizer. I got knocked off my high horse. My mask came off at Damascus, and I see this person called Jesus. He saw a vision of him, a real, right? So that gives you revelation. So anyway, that was all free. It wasn't planned. <laughs> so just check as you're being reconciled. Is it reconciliation to Emmanuel, uh, God with me, incarnation, resurrection, or is it ascension? And, you, and most of the time. It's hardly ever ascension. I mean, you, you grow into that. I mean, the reason why that churches are weak, fake, and cotton candy is because it's not from an ascended Jesus. He, the, the ascended Jesus is who builds people and builds a church. Right. The ascended Jesus in Ephesians 4, Paul reveals him. He says, I want you guys to grow up and, and be equipped. I, I don't want you to be sermonized. I want you to be equipped with him. I want to bring, Jesus said it, for, you know, prophesying it. I want to bring wise men to you. I'm going to send you wise men. I'm going to send you prophets. And I'm going to send you writers. Right? He didn't say I'm going to send you preachers. Right? And, and, and he ascended Christ in Ephesians 4. He goes, and when Christ ascended, he said he would give gifts unto men to equip people to know what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. It was never the churchy thing. It's not never been that. And so you won't hear that unless somebody is getting a glimpse of the ascension of Jesus. And then you'll alleviate all the pretension. All of it. And we'll get there someday. I mean, as people are growing in that, just constantly equipping, they need wisdom for applying, right? 
I mean, all this stuff that God does, even Paul in Romans 10, it's instructional. It's how do I get there, right? I don't want to hear all the loftiness and, oh, I, I saw this and I saw the third this of heaven. I saw It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't get you from point A to, to Z. It doesn't get you there. And God equips us to get us there. You know, and if we're praying anything, we should ask God, man, send some real people in life that are prophets, wise men, and scribes. Send some people that have impartations that can help me get there. You know, show me the Father so I can get there, right? And that's the whole thing about the guys that were back to heaven. Hey, uh, there's a mansion for me in heaven. Jesus didn't say that at all. You know, I prepared this. I'm preparing you. You're the temple. You're the mansion I'm going to build. And you're wanting to get out of the earth, but I'm bringing heaven to earth. And that's why I told you in Matthew 6, all of those days, pray like this. How, Jesus? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Glorify the Father. On earth as it is in heaven, let your kingdom come. And, we, and, and you get in religion and say, he's coming back. Are you ready enough? Have you repented enough? Have you done that enough? Nonsense. That's part of Galatians, Paul, Revelation, and 4. He goes, cast out the bond woman and her child. Get rid of the religion. It's not real. It's actually muddying the water for people. Right? So, anyway, so I tell you, incarnation, uh, resurrection, ascension. So now we'll go on. So let's go to John 6 again. This was, actually, this is what I wrote down to talk about. None of this. So I'm almost done. You guys are yeah. You're too long. But I want, I want to do this so, so practically. So we're talking about wise men, prophets, scribes, equipping. How do we get to where we, you know, 2020, we were in a certain situation. We were, we were experiencing different things. Uh, you were, and if you were, and you are, if you were alive, you were experiencing something in 2020 between your own heart, between what's happening in earth and God. Somewhere. And somewhere he's going to reveal himself to you in that. And I want you to do is... And think about in your own life. It's, the, it's reality. I'm just telling you straight up truth. But it, it's not just truth alone with Jesus. Truth is a person. We know that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But, but truth is an element that you experience in your life, in your walk. Like I said, Psalm 51, David said, you desire truth from the inward parts. We have truth in us. You had truth in you before you even accepted Jesus. A portion of who he is by creation is, is distributed. And you have a truth in you. And, and with truth comes life, comes light, comes love. But truth is what pierces our hearts, right? So when we ask questions and you're serious about growing, Paul said, I, wanna, I want you to speak the truth to one another in love. All right? And so... I've, I've, I've adopted that because you can't get away from it anyway, honestly. Right. Truth is not going to leave you. Uh, truth will make you miserable. And uh, that's why, you know, there's a scripture in Matthew of the kingdom of God. John the Baptist, he said, uh, bring fruit unto repentance. Sometimes, and he says, just keep that word. Just sometimes you just got to keep it. It'll bang around in you until you bow to it. It'll bang around in you. I, you know, I know, I know that's truth. And I want you to go back to what you know. Because knowing is connected with intuition. Knowing is connected with eternity. Eternal realities. Your head, you can talk yourself out of it. You can uh, reason yourself out of it. You can lie to yourself about it. But that truth won't lie. Right? And, and that's, I think, Paul writes, uh, don't exchange the truth for a lie. You can't. Truth is going to grow in you. Write down your notes. Light is greater than darkness. Truth is greater than a lie. You can lie to yourself. You, you can try, but you can't because truth will bang in you until it wins you. And I, I've, I've chosen and, and, uh, to accept the truth because it's, it's easier because who wants fantasy anyway? Right. right? Who wants a dead work anyway? You know, just endure the truth, handle the truth, accept the truth, and know that it's grace that's giving that truth. It's truth is never going to overwhelm you. Right? It's not going to do that. Grace is going to give you the ability to embrace the truth. And so to grow up in life, in reality, to grow up to an element where you're, you're, not, a, you're not just an empty uh, person, but you carry substance because you listen to the truth, right? David was good at it. I want truth in the inward parts. You do too, God. David wrote also in Psalm 73, let the righteous smite me, correct me. It's an oil to my head. It'll bring more of your presence. Correct me, man. I'm, I don't mind. It hurts. Yeah, it can, and can even you know, uh, make you angry or whatever for a time, but it's going to keep working. The truth is going to march on. And uh, you're going to find that truth is greater than a lie, no matter what. Whether the reasonings, the mental excuses, all those things, 
right? So 2020, this is what we're doing, right? Uh, I told you to write down, no matter the season you were in, there's always a revealing of him in there. And it says in the scripture in John 6, 12, and to his disciples, he said this, right? Gather the pieces that are left over. Gather the pieces that are left over. And I want you to do this practically, pragmatically, and with spiritually, right? Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And in 2020, there's a lot, there's a lot, it's a long year, right? But there's things that, that were spoken into you, uh, things that were infused, things that were delegated, things that were weightier to you, things that were clear for a moment to you, um, things that you knew were true, right? I want you to put them down as I'm talking. I, I it's just us right now. We can do that. We don't have to keep, I don't have to keep going shit for years. I want you to write those down. You know, everything you know, you know intu intuitively about yourself, about God. You know, Paul writes in Galatians, he goes, who has, who has confused you, bewitched you, foolish Galatians? Who Jesus that was uh, uh, viewed, portrayed as this to you, have you forgotten so soon, right? Don't forget. Rehearse, not the negative, rehearse the truth of what you know intuitively. What you, uh, revealings, what you know that has been an infusing to your heart. And in simple, whatever brought you faith, whatever brought you hope, whatever brought some love to you. Those are elements of God. Write them down, right? Whatever, everything you would categorize as faith, hearing, anything like that. Anything you would categorize as knowing about yourself, about God, and about others, right? Because in 2020, and we're going to 2021, I, I know personally from my own life that my hearing, I, I'm all, I am hearing, and I'm listening, and I'm concluding, right? And But I also have to deal with my seeing, and I want you to write it down. There's two elements, your hearing and your seeing. And I'm working on my scene. And some people have more. If you're uh, bent a certain way or created a certain way by God, and most of the people in this room have a prophetic element, whatever it is. And, and you know, some are seers, some are dreamers, some are uh, insight shooters. You guys, it's going to deal with the realm of truth, right? And so, look, deal with your hearing, right? What am I hearing? Intuition. What do I know? What would I know? I mean, I want you to, I want you to continue to write that. I mean, I can write I mean, anything. Like, I know this, you know, and, and it always comes with the scripture. I know that God weighs the hearts of men and, and men weigh the outside. I know that. I know that by experience. What do you know that correlates with the scripture in 2020 that you know? I know that God never leaves me or forsakes me. I know that his correction is for my benefit, not, not for his anger. I know that it's for a moment. I know this. What do you know in your experience? Because knowing is connected with eternal things. Knowing is connected with an experience. Knowing this. It's all experiential. Right? Now seeing is, is has to do with your, right now, perceiving from your intuition. Right? From your discernment. Seeing. And you can't, you, you'll find in your life, I want you to start writing down what you hear and what you see. What you hear and what you see. You know, and, and what you what you see, uh, start to take the maybe out of it and the if. Well, maybe, you know, because when you see something and you know what's, like Paul said, in the revelation is clear to you, well, why do I let it be muddied up with gray by saying, no, maybe that, or no, maybe this, or no, maybe that, no. What, I see what I see, I saw what I saw. I watched that Adam Costello. I love Adam Costello. And that guy, and he said, I, he saw the Dracula guy, and he was like, he was like, hey, what are you crying about? He goes, I see what I see, and I saw what I saw. <laughs> Write down what you see, right? Because I'm working on that. Because I'm, I'm a seer. I see, and I had guys help me, and only I just tell us, oh, only two people. I see a lot. I see as it really is. And then I muddy it up by, uh, or maybe, or not, or what, and, I, and I, I muddy it up, and I take it from simplicity to complexity. And it's and then, then when I get angry, all what I saw comes out anyway. <laughs> the anger brings it out. And I go, you know, because I, I have the spiritual testicles to actually say it. Right. Right? The fortitude to say, no, this is that, this is that. This is that, this is that. And if you don't do that, you're gonna you muddy you allow your mind to muddy it up. You're gonna you're gonna go around a mountain. You're gonna stay in confusion. Yeah. I had to leave a city 
and everybody, I seen that the guy was this, I seen the black cat cross the street, and then after he crossed the street, he'd tell everybody, that wasn't a black cat, that wasn't a black cat, that wasn't a black cat. And I knew it, I seen what I seen, I saw what I saw. <laughs> and I said to those guys, no, that's what he seen, that's what he did, that's how it was. And of course you get ostracized, you get kicked out of the reindeer games, but eventually, what I saw and what he was doing was happening. And so if I would have not went through the mountains of maybe for so long, I would have got out of there a lot sooner. And some of my, and some of your seeing, work on your hearing and your seeing, but you guys see, you guys hear. Now, practice that to develop the confidence in that, right? I'm, I, I'm working on getting rid of the maybes and the ifs. You might want to do the same. But maybe they didn't really mean that. Yeah, they did. They totally meant it. And, I, and it's not my perception. This is what used to hang me up. Well, that's how you perceive. No, if I wait long enough, it's not my perception. It's what really happened. And then as I counseled these kind of people, it, wasn't, it was their own admission. So it's not just my perception and I'm living in, in, a, in a different land. Perception will begin to happen and it'll begin to be their admission. And that'll free you up to go on. And it'll be for yourself as well. You know, it, it'll start happening. It'll start, your perceiving will just start happening. So you don't have to have a believing. Well, I think so. No, it's happening. No, it's their admission. They said that. Out of the abundance of their own hearts, they said that. Or I said that. That's what I really believe. That's what I really know. Right? And you put, so when you hang on to what you really believe, what you really know, what you really see, and you know it's more that your perception is, is in God's reality, it's not, it's happening and it's an admission, whether it's from yourself. You start to, when you're frustrated, the frustration will, will kick out the admission the most. God uses those things, frustration, to release that admission. Hmm. You know, it, it's the way it works. Frustration. People always want to tell me, oh man, I'm, I'm such a prayer warrior. I go to the church and they're not praying. You're gossiping. I was there. You know, you guys did that. It's pretend. Right? But pressure brings power. Frustration brings intercession. And it brings the admission. Because you'll get, God keeps pushing on your heart and you don't know it's God or whatever, but you'll go find a private place in your office, a room, and you'll just say, God, I know this. And you hear it by admission. And you go, yeah, I knew that the whole time, man, but I, I was too scared to say it out loud. Because I didn't want to have to own it. I didn't want to have to live it. Right? So pay attention to what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And it's not, and, and get rid of the maybes and the ifs. Maybe that's just where I'm at with the maybes and the ifs. You guys were at, but pay attention to your hearing and your seeing. Right? Make sense? Right. So here we go. So he says, so let nothing be wasted. And I'm going to write that down. I'm gonna, I, and when I leave here and stuff, think about the 2020. Think about uh, the, the season you were in, that any type of a revealing. And I mean, let's just make it simple with the revealing. It's back to the knowing. I heard this, I struggled with this, but I really knew this. Keep it there because knowing is connected to revealing. Knowing is connected to revelation, right? Knowing is connected to eternity. So when we do that, we're speaking from a place in our human spirit that touches our mind. So I want you to write down the process. So is God creation? Yes. Is there an evolution? Yes. So our process is one. Number one, responding. We respond in our intuition. We respond in our knowing. That's where God spoke to us. I'm not talking about a voice. I'm talking about a knowing. So, there, so number one, to change your year and to get into the next thing in motion is what do I know and what do I know by responding? And responding to God is just acknowledging Proverbs 3 says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. I'm just acknowledging, this is you. I'm responding. So that's out of your human spirit responding. Number two is out of your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions is the resolving. It's called resolution. New Year's resolution. You can't have a resolution and a resolving unless you have first an intuition responding. So you respond to eternal God. You resolve in your human soul. And then they'll become the evolving in this next 2020. You will actually make the change. You will actually go from 2020, 2021. In the next year, you won't be the same in that area. You won't be repeating that area because you evolved. So responding, intuition, human spirit, God, by knowing. Resolving, I, I, I'm going to do this with you because you enabled me to. And then evolving 
I look back at my old self from that year and I'm like, man, I was a pain in the butt then. I'm not like that anymore. Hmm. Because it evolved. Evolution. Right? Creation to evolution. Creation to transition. And that, that'll happen. I'm, what I'm telling you, you're experiencing it anyway. You may not just have the, the verbiage of the articulating that I have, right. but you experience it every single person. Because as long as you're alive, you're going to experience something in your spirit, your soul, and you're going to evolve for change. And so I, you know, I was talking to some, somebody the other day, and, and I, I'm going to bring, bring it practical, and I'll finish it up. I, I know we're a little bit over time here, but I want to finish it up. So go to John chapter uh, 5, right? Oh, I want you to write one down one more scripture. Go to Isaiah 26, if you have the Amplified Bible, AMPC, whoever gets there first, Isaiah 26. In verse 12, 13, 14, and 15, I want you to read it nice and slow, that everybody can hear it. It's Isaiah 26, the Amplified AMPC version, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Anybody there? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Hold on. Lord, you will ordain peace. God's favor and blessings, both temporarily and spiritually, for us. For you have also wrought in us and for us all the works, all our works. Our Lord, our God, either masters beside you have ruled over us, but we will acknowledge and mention your name only. Uh, they, the former tyrant masters, are dead. They shall not live and reappear. They are powerless ghosts. They shall not rise and come back. Therefore, you have visited and made the end of them and caused every memory of them, every trace of their su supremacy to perish. Nice. So you guys put that down. I think I'm going to end up stopping here. I, I might kick it off. I want you to stop at that verse. I want you to think about that. For 2020, I want you to think about what was the, the tyrants in my life? What was the hassling in my life? What were the things that were badgering me in my life? What were the things that were nagging me in my life? What were the things that were condemning me in my life? I want you to write them down. Because at this portion of time, they end up, pretty soon you don't see them anymore. They're powerless ghosts. And that's the end of your, that reign of that, right? That's the end of that. that you'll see their faces no more. That will happen in your life with spiritual matters. It'll happen in your life with soul matters. And it'll happen in your life with people matters. Some people you're never going to see in their faces anymore, thank God. Okay. It's the truth, though. Right. So I want you to look at that and apply what we just said. And I want to leave it at that because we want the, the wisdom of God in it, the equipping of God in it to really get there. And I, and I will go over it maybe next week if God permits in the way of John chapter 5. And you guys look at it, right? In John 5, there's a way of. Of pulling the trigger and I'll just touch on it a little bit and Jesus once he works all this in you and in your life and some of it you don't know is totally God but you know it's deeper than anything else you believe and, and the final thing of pulling the trigger it, you can be in a situation say like this guy I'm going to talk about maybe another week 38 years in religion everybody's telling him there's this little thing that happens that never happens and he's still crippled, he's still impotent, and he's still dead, he's in that condition. And the Lord visits him and says, right, like this question, do you really want to be well? Are you really earnest? Are you serious about getting out of this? Because I already gave you the truth, I've given you the grace, I'm going to give you the word that you can stand up, rise up, and you can go with this. But do you want this? And right, so most of the guys that call me, in our own lives, check yourself first, is that you, you, he's equipped you fully for the whole year of what you need to do, what you not need to be in, what you need to be in, what you need, all that. You really do know it. And then you got, he comes and visits you. Do you want to sleep on your mat forever? Do you want to be crippled, impotent, and, and doing nothing? How, or do you really want to? And that's all it takes. Once you've been equipped, then it's just how big is my want to? Do I really want to? And you go, yeah, I think so. I think so has to go. Yeah, I really do. I can't do this anymore. That's the that's the trigger pull on the evolution of change. The evolution of change. I got to try to fight. But I'll go over it later. And I mean, I saw that. I do that all the time. I want to get my pipe thing and blow it up. Yeah. Let's yeah. So and, and that's practical. Let's just do that and. and 
Think about it. Take your time in your private time and write those things down that you know and look at those deals and then where's the trigger for it? Like, okay, do I, I know this now. Uh, I know I get rid of the maybes and the ifs. Do I want do I want to? Honest truth, I really have no choice but to. Or I end up being miserable. And if Jehovah's not happy, I'm not happy. Right? Right. Uh, any questions, anything makes sense? It's just practical. All spirituals are practical. And I don't believe all the nonsense I had to deal with for 12 years. You know, um, I'm just obeying God. Well, he's not doing anything. You know, uh, that's just what I believe. Well, you can believe you're a, a, a leprechaun. It doesn't make you. God has a way of doing things and happening. And if it's not resulting in something, and we're not moving forward in that something, then we're not, we're pretending we're not. We're in the sandbox, and we're not going into maturity. And, we're, and we need to glorify God. God only knows that the right. earth is cre creation. It says in Romans, is crying out for it. Do you have any real sonship in God here? Is there something that I can lean into, hold on to, that's not ridiculous, bizarre, and crazy? Yeah. Both on earth and in religion? Right? So, I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Appreciate it, God. You're all I love that thing. You were watching that show, but I can't forget it. I love that thing with the, you were saying, yeah, I'm watching Tombstone. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And I love this yeah, statement. What's his name? Doc Holliday. Yeah. David Baz, he writes the guy out. He goes, Well, I, I think well, I, my hypothesis on the ghost of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, what did you say? How did you say it? Anyway, uh, so he has the best line. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's one of the best movies ever. I love that one. But yeah, if you got questions on that stuff, or you want to bounce anything with it, just, you just, got, you just want to go. You want to evolve into that next that God's already made room for you in and live in it. You know, no more, I mean, uh, 2020 is a long year, and there's a lot of revealing going on. I mean, we are 365 days a year. I didn't educate you today. Yeah. Oh, I, I passed. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was doing like this, I got nervous. I was like, Jamie, give me my cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> 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 say it was straight. I've got a teacher friend. If I say it with enough conviction. I've got a teacher friend. I've got a teacher friend. She can fact check it. You got any coffee? I do. All right. We can get you a sleep. Yeah, I know I shouldn't be.